0: We've still yet to crown a college football champion for this season, but from this Tiger fan's perspective, it's never too early to talk about 24-25. Plus, I really think the Tigers should make Harrison Mevis a strong offer this offseason. Let's talk about all that and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football. And basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's a hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduelcom locked on to get started. And you know what? We got to get started today with next season, despite the fact that, again, this season is not over. But you know what? It's hard not to think about next season right now if you're a Missouri fan. So many exciting possibilities. And I think most people around Missouri right now are, are kind of openly saying that the college football playoff should be the goal next season. And if you look at Missouri's odds to win the national championship next season, over at FanDuel Sportsbook, I actually like the Tigers' odds quite a bit. Missouri 50 to 1 to win the whole thing next season. I think that's really interesting because that's only give Missouri, you, you count all the teams that are ahead of them. Well, that actually gives Missouri the 16th best odds in the country to win the whole thing. If you look at some of the teams right ahead of them in terms of odds, like to me, Oklahoma, USC, Clemson, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Penn State, even Ole Miss, all the way up there at fifteen to one. LSU up there at fifteen to one. To me, Missouri has every bit of good as good of a chance as any of those well big name programs that I just listed off actually has next season. And to that point, I think the blue blood nature and just huge fan bases of some of those programs. Is causing those odds to be a little bit skewed towards Missouri's favor. I, I think that if you took an over under on preseason, where's Missouri going to be in the Associated Press top 25 next season? I think Missouri, you'd be pretty safe in betting that they'll be better than 16th in the country. So I really think at 50 to 1, there's some real value there. However, I will say this there is something that makes me hesitate. On plucking down even twenty bucks on that kind of future's bet, despite that yeah you 'd win a thousand you'd win a thousand dollars on a payoff if Missouri actually won the whole thing well, obviously the hesitation there it 's not just about value it 's well, Missouri does actually have to win the entire thing or else you lose all your money right even if they're you are essentially right in terms of value, they literally have to win the entire thing and my hesitation there is. We're so early in the process here. Literally, this will be the the inaugural year coming up here of the 12-team playoff. At a certain point, we're just going to have to see how important that first round buy really is because in the NFL, we know it's really important, right? But in this college football playoff, getting in that top four, it sure seems like it's going to be important. You have that, that extra week off because right now, even if – the most games you can possibly play in the playoff is two. Well, now you can play as many as four games if you don't get that bye week. Everybody's going to have to play at least three. So it sure seems like getting in the top four is going to be really, really important. And I think in order for Missouri to get in that top four, to get a bye, well, I think you're probably going to have to win the SEC outright. And next season, that means not winning the SEC East and then winning the championship game. It means being in the top two of a 16-team conference and then winning the SEC title game. I think Missouri can do that. I just have a lot less confidence of Missouri winning the SEC outright than I do them getting into the 12-team playoff. Because again, the SEC, with with a bunch of at-large bursts, there six at-large bids available, I think there's a good chance the SEC can gobble up 3 or 4 of them honestly. I don't, I don't think that's completely out of the question. So Missouri has an absolute chance to get in the playoff next season and you know what at 50 to 1 I'll definitely I'll definitely endorse 10 or 20 bucks on that. But again, like I said, if you're hesitating because you think, mm, I don't know that Missouri's going to win the SEC next year, at least lower confidence Maybe find another futures bet a little bit later when there's odds to just make the college football playoff, for instance. And speaking of next season, I think there's been a lot of assumptions made that for probably for good reason, don't get me wrong, but the assumption is that Harrison Meavis after his fourth season at Mizzou is probably going to be taking his shot at the NFL next season. And maybe he just simply is ready to go, move on from college, and take a shot. That that would make all the sense in the world to me. I can certainly relate to that on some level. I wasn't a, a college football player, but as much as I had a great time at Missouri, by the time I was a senior, I really was ready to move on from college and see what the real world the real world looks like. Easy for me to say, but. Here's the thing. In the new world of name, image, and likeness, just like last year with Kobe Brown. Now, obviously, Kobe Brown played a great four years at Missouri, an especially excellent senior season, parlayed that being into a first-round NBA draft pick. Well, you can see another scenario where maybe Kobe – Maybe he improved his three point shooting and shot thirty seven percent from downtown, but didn 't shoot forty five percent was just a an absolute killer from downtown last season from Missouri. You know, I'm just saying there's a scenario where maybe Kobe could have been talked into coming back in this new world of name, image, and likeness. Obviously he made the correct decision. Don't don't blame him for going pro, and I'm really happy for the young man. My point is, in the past there would have been zero chance whatsoever that somebody like Kobe Brown or Harrison Meavis would come back based on well, number one, a fifth year. COVID changed that calculus, right, first of all. But even beyond that, just the idea that, hey, you can actually make some real, real significant money in college now. Well, now the idea of, hey, I don't want to just keep getting older and older and, you know, I'll take my shot now, essentially. We we saw Oscar Shibwe, the basketball player, come back for Kentucky under uh, under circumstances that in the past he certainly would have left early and take his shot, I think. So my point here is that maybe Harrison Mevis is ready to go, but I think if you're Missouri's NIL collective department, whoever's in charge of that whole thing, I think you got to make Harrison Mevis a really good offer because right now I don't know who Missouri's kicker is going to be next season. Obviously that's a really, really important spot on a football team just little edges here and there there's going to be close games that you need to win with a place kick hey kansas state perfect example and by the way i do i should offer a correction there i was i was talking about at the end of the first half of the cotton bowl i was saying well Gosh darn it, we took a delay of game there. We were able to get it off against K-State, and then I remembered, oh wait, as several people pointed out, no, it was 56, and we took a delay of game for 61. I think my brain couldn't really process that, that we had done that twice in one season, but to all of you who corrected me there, you were indeed correct. Missouri did mess that up against Kansas State, but again, the point is, Meavis made the kick anyway, and I think... If he's obviously you want him on the team next season, make him a good, a solid NIL offer, whatever that looks like, give him enough to, to at least think about it. Because the thing with Mivas is I don't think he's Kobe Brown. He's not a guy who's a surefire NFL draft pick by any stretch of the imagination. I'd be shocked if Harrison Mevis got drafted. Now, he will get a shot as a free agent to be somebody's kicker next season. If he chooses to go that route, I don't have any doubt that he'll get a tryout. I'm just not sure if he's an NFL player or not. I wonder about the kickoff distance, because before this season, well, Missouri had a, a player who whose name is now escaping me? A former Rockbridge soccer player who who was kicking the ball deep into the end zone repeatedly year after year, kick after kick. One of the best specialists in the country. So maybe that young man was just so good that that we didn't need Mevis. But you know, I'd say I just I, I, again, I'm not an expert on pro kickers. That's the point. I just don't think it's a surefire thing that Mevis is a pro. If that were the case, then I'd say, Harrison, good luck to you, man. Best of luck in the NFL. I think if you're Missouri, though, offer him a decent amount of money, and offer that at least makes him think a little bit about coming out. That's definitely what I would do if I were in charge of the name, image, and likeness department, as it were. And you know, I was thinking earlier this morning, when it comes to Cody Schrader, what can you really say that hasn't already been said about the guy? But you know what? damn it they pay me the big the big bucks for a good reason so I came up with an angle for you plus we got to talk a little bit about the Missouri Central Arkansas basketball game as well but first the NFL season is wrapping up but there's still time to get in on the action. With FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy with live same game parlays. Find new bets in the new explore tab. Make a parlay in the parlay hub. The best way to find Popular bets. All you got to do is visit fanduelcom on and make your first bet a layup. It's FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. On YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24 7 streaming channel that's locked on sports today on YouTube. And the craziest thing about Cody Schrader this season to me. Is that frankly, Brady Cook's story was crazy enough, was was magical enough, unlikely enough, whatever whatever adjective you want to you want to use. Honestly, Brady Cook just being the young man who was a Mizzou a Mizzou guy who stuck it out and you know got passed over by other quarterbacks. His own coach wanted guys in the portal, seemingly over him and all this good stuff, but he sticks it out as the big-time Missouri fan that he was, and not only did he win the job last season, follows it up in 2023 with an 11-win season and a Cotton Bowl championship. Pretty incredible, but somehow Cody Schrader's story was even more unlikely. I don't need to recap it for you, but obviously Truman State to walk on at Missouri to all-time single-season rushing leader at Missouri, sixth place in the Heisman, the whole deal. Quite honestly, if it were a movie, if somebody handed me the script, I'd be going, you know, maybe we could take it down a notch with some of these details. And speaking of movies, when you think about the great underdog story, of course, it's the movie Rudy. But to me, Cody Schrader's story is so far beyond Rudy It's not even close. Hey, Rudy, congratulations. You walked onto the team and you got a sack one time. And apparently, I don't know, the story is, I I can't confirm or deny this, but the story is Rudy, maybe not the nicest guy in the world either. Well, by all accounts, Cody Schrader, a great guy, a great young man, and, you know, again, 1,600 yards plus, a Missouri record, 11 wins, Cotton Bowl, the whole deal. I don't know how you can get any better than that if it comes to actually writing a movie. Maybe I should throw that particular idea ChatGPT's way and see what it comes up, because frankly, I don't know that I have time in my schedule to write a movie script, nor the talent for that matter. But anyway, I just thought that was something I'd throw out there. And Also, you may have noticed, by the way, in the Cotton Bowl, Cody Schrader along. I believe it was in the second half, runs out of bounds at one point on the Ohio State sidelines, and none other than apparently Ryan Day's son, who was on the sidelines, grabbed Cody Schrader's towel and yanked it off the back of his pants. What a strange move by that young man. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted maybe he just wanted to make sure, hey Cody, don't forget to bring a towel. That probably wasn't it. Or maybe he just wanted to have said towel, sell it on eBay. Maybe he's just a gigantic Cody Schrader fan and mark. I have absolutely no idea, but that was a funny moment and finding out that it was Ryan Day's son of all people, hey, I guess you gotta get into the game somehow. Now I said earlier I think Missouri should do should do a lot make do about everything they can to at least make Harrison Mevis think about coming back. Well, we know Darius Robinson is now officially go taking his taking his shot at the NFL. Ennis Rakestraw as well, and, and notably, I've seen at least one prominent mock drafter, I believe over on ESPN, having Ennis Rakestraw go in the first round and about, I don't know, 17th, 18th overall or something like that. That's, That's really, really high. It's not impossible whatsoever. He could very well be a first round pick. Don't get me wrong. I would just generally speaking, this isn't really about Rakestraw specifically, but I would just generally caution people into assuming too much about mock drafts at this point in the process. We haven't even had the senior bowl or the combine, and yes, with all of – with everything going on right now in the NFL the NFL season is still very much happening a lot of those teams have not dived as deeply into the draft as they're going to so let's just not assume too much with any of these draft picks just yet be interesting to see by the way if Cody Schrader maybe gets drafted I certainly no question he's going to get a shot as a free agent at the very least but to me after this season I think Cody Schrader has proven to be a draftable player in my humble opinion but you know what let's talk a little basketball here of course this is a Mizzou hoops and football show of course and really not a ton of thoughts from the Central Arkansas game obviously a nice win for Missouri they basically took care of business against a a not very good team frankly one of the worst teams statistically in college basketball right now is Central Arkansas to me the biggest change that I noted from the game is that Connor Vanover, the Missouri 7 foot 5 center of course, was actually playing close to the basket offensively. I know what an incredibly novel concept, right? Maybe put the super tall guy near the hoop. And you know what, I my sarcasm there is not really directed so much at Dennis Gates. It is is directed at basically all of basketball as it's played in 2024. But seriously, I just think with the way Vanover's three-point shot has not been there so far, he's been a real problem around the basket, though, for everybody that I can see, both offensively and defensively. when Whenever Vanover can just remain around the basket defensively, he's a real big problem. Now, you get him out into space, then, well, he can be a problem for Missouri at times. If you're going to force him to play perimeter defense, that's going to be a problem. But against certain matchups... I think Connor very much is the problem. So it'll be interesting to see how much he plays in SEC play. But, hey, 16 really effective minutes for Vanover against Central Arkansas. So it'll be interesting to see if that's if that change was specific to this matchup or that's something we'll do going forward. And speaking of going forward, I still think Missouri is playing too many guys right now. Listen, Leonard Hamilton, the former Florida, current Florida State coach, I should say, Dennis Gates, former mentor. Listen, one staple of Leonard Hamilton basketball is he's playing 10-plus guys basically all the time. I'm just going to suggest that while Leonard Hamilton, clearly a great coach, clearly a great mentor for Dennis Gates and C.Y. Young, maybe playing 10-plus guys in a rotation is not something that we have to emulate moving forward, especially when the pace... For this team has slowed considerably compared to last season, really since the start of this season as well. It felt like maybe Missouri thought they were going to play at hyper speed this season, with uh, in theory a lot of depth on the wings, but that whole idea just really has not come to fruition for a bunch of different reasons. Some of it injury related with John Tanjay and Caleb Grill, but especially in terms of just the frequency of the substitutions at times. I like that Missouri has, for the most part, left their starters in for the first four or five minutes lately. But to me – it's now SEC time. It's nut-cutting time, as it were. You uh, you just can't wait for guys to figure it out anymore, in my opinion. And if it were me, I'd be cutting down the rotation quite a bit. And somebody like, I hate to say it, Jesus Carollero-Martin probably wouldn't be playing a lot if I were the coach. I, I just need somebody who can score and play defense. And I, I, for as good of a passer, Carollero is a ball mover, You know, he kind of brings brings the offense together a little bit that's more of a bonus for what Missouri needs right now Missouri needs some some real scoring and you know again Trent Pierce starts the ball game gets off to a slow start you know has a misses misses kind of a transition layup misses a three maybe turns the ball over and then it just felt like he sat for 25 minutes comes back in in garbage time i think you've just got to give him a little bit more of a leash at this point, Tamar Bates needs to just completely start shooting more. He's got to be a bigger part of the offense. Was was a really good player, really efficient, obviously, three for three from three, six of seven from two against Central Arkansas. Can't do much better than that. Again, if anything, he's got to shoot more as this season progresses. And another year, another contract extension for Eli Drinkwitz. Some people are going to be amused by that fact, but let me put this in context for all of you doubters out there. Coming up right after these quick words. Understandably, after last season's 500 mark and a loss in a bowl game some Missouri fans were miffed and well certainly confused I'd say at the very least about why Eli Drinkwitz would deserve a contract extension after 2022 and well if you heard hey Eli Drinkwitz another extension after this season while this one obviously feels a lot more deserved to say the least you might be going Gosh, didn't we just extend him? Does he need a a contract extension every single offseason? Well, it turns out the answer to that question may be yes, moving forward. This just seems to be how business is done at the highest level of college football, specifically in the SEC, and that's really... That's really kind of that's really what's important to to note here because well before this contract extension and well just the latest information that I'm privy to at least I know there's there's probably been some some movement and extensions that we don't exactly know all the details of at this point but best I can tell before this latest extension before Eli Drinkwitz. He was the 25th highest paid coach in college football. But what's even more important to note for context is that Drinkwitz was 12th out of 14 coaches in the SEC. So, that puts him in the range of Shane Beamer at South Carolina and just behind Sam Pittman and Hugh Freeze as well, the Auburn and Arkansas head coaches. So, to me I think it's pretty obvious that Eli Drinkwitz deserves to be paid at least as much as say Billy Napier and Lane Kiffin. Let's put Eli Drinkwitz up there with Lane Kiffin at 9 million dollars a year. That would have him as the 7th if he's tied with Lane they'd be tied as the 7th highest paid coaches in the SEC. So that'd put him right there with Kiffin, Josh Heupel, Mark Stoops and the other the, the the departed Jimbo Fisher who is still going to be a top 5 highest paid SEC coach next year despite not being in the league. Congratulations to him and his agent on that beautiful contract. But seriously, if you look at it that way and it's not as though it's not like this is major league baseball or the NBA where essentially you sign the contract and well, there's your guaranteed money for x amount of years. Obviously, this can be negotiated frequently and renegotiated with each and every passing off season, and as the money keeps going up and up and up, that causes, well, the winning coaches to say, hey, I would like to get a little bit more of what I'm owed here. In the SEC, hey, if you're making $9 million a year like Lane Kiffin is, that actually puts you right in the middle of the game. Again, you got to compare it to the SEC because, of course, you've got the the similar payouts for bowls for television the whole thing mass amounts of money coming all of these programs way you know if Missouri can afford to play in the same you know ballpark as Tennessee and Texas A&M and pretty close to Brian Kelly at LSU as well hey it makes a lot of sense so i'm not going to be angry at Eli Drinkwitz or Missouri for getting that paper, whatsoever, and by the way, we don't really know the terms of this extension yet. I'm just assuming it'll put it'll put Drinkwitz ahead of Sam Pittman. And Shane Beamer, at the very least, probably ahead of Billy Napier of Florida as well. Again, don't know the terms, but obviously open records requests and all that thing have been out there by by the Missouri beat writers, I'm sure. Just takes, you know, a little bit of time to get those back to you. So we'll have some more details on where exactly Eli Drinkwood stacks up against the rest of his peers here in the coming days. But, hey, appreciate you all listening to Locked on Mizzou. As always, hopefully I'm stacking up well against my peers. If if I'm not, I'm frankly not sure why you're still listening at this point. So I appreciate you all checking in, making it your first listen every day. Again, for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today and subscribe on YouTube to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.